0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Jonathan brings a great victory for Israel against the Philistines when he reasons that God can deliver with just a few people. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 14, on Simply the Bible.
0: William Carey, the famous missionary to India, once said, attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. There are ventures of faith where God's people step out to see what God will do. The Bible is full of these. We will look at one such great exploit today. We pick it up in 1 Samuel chapter 14. Now it happened one day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who bore his armor, come, let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Jonathan already had one victory over the Philistines under his belt. He was a strong and courageous warrior. It's curious that he didn't tell his father what he had in mind. Perhaps he thought it better to ask for forgiveness rather than permission. He probably thought that his dad would tell him no. But Jonathan knew that the two could sneak in and spy on the Philistines' garrison where more people would be easily noticed. And Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migran. The people who were with them were about 600 men. Ahijah, the son of Ahitab, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, was wearing an ephod. But the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. While Jonathan was looking for a way to advance the offensive, Saul was sitting under a pomegranate tree in the outskirts of his hometown. Saul had Ahijah as his priest, who was a descendant of Eli. You'll recall that God told Eli that he was removing the priesthood from his family because he failed to restrain his sons from their wicked practices at the tabernacle. Verse 4. Between the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistines' garrison, there was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other side, and the name of one was Bozes and the name of the other Sina. The front of one faced northward opposite Michmash and the other southward opposite Gibeah. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. So his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. To get to the Philistines' garrison, Jonathan had to advance through a narrow pass with two sharp rocks on both sides. Have you ever felt that you were between a rock and a hard place with no wiggle room? Often it seems that when we are serving the Lord, we must pass through such difficult places. We need God's help to navigate through these passes. If God has brought you to such a place, then He is limiting your options. And you know that's almost a guarantee that you will choose the right path because you have nowhere else to turn. The secret is to trust in the Lord with all your heart and wait for him to direct your path. Jonathan got to thinking, well, what if God wanted to give a victory to Israel? How many people does he really need? If he is God and he can do all things, then couldn't he deliver the Philistines into the hands of a few just as well as into the hands of many? So he suggested to his armor bearer, hey, let's go over there, to the garrison and see what God will do. God blesses such ventures of faith. But couldn't this be considered presumptuous? The difference between faith and presumption is that faith is based on the word of God, whereas presumption is not. Beginning with Samson, God said that he would begin to deliver the Philistines into the hand of Israel. So Jonathan knew that this was God's will. Now it was a matter of seeing if this was the time and place that God wanted to use and if God wanted to use them to do it. God blesses. Such bold steps of faith centered on his word. Now you've got to love Jonathan's armor bearer. I think he's sort of the unsung hero here. So often when we share our dreams with people, they shoot them down like ducks at the shooting gallery. I'm okay with people who give me constructive criticism to help make an idea better, but some people throw wet blankets on everything. I deal with enough fears and worries, laziness, and excuses in my own flesh. I need people around me who will encourage me to trust God and take bold risks for success. Jonathan's armor bearer said, Do what you think is best. I am with you completely whatever you decide. Then Jonathan said, very well, let us cross over to these men and we will show ourselves to them. And if they say to us, wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, then we will go up for the Lord has delivered them into our hand and this will be a sign to us. Now, I think Jonathan was thinking about Gideon here. As you'll recall, Gideon delivered Israel from the vast Midianite army with only 300 soldiers. But before he went into battle, Gideon put a fleece out before the Lord overnight. If the fleece is wet and the ground is dry, then I will know that you want to save Israel by my hand, Gideon prayed. And in the morning it was so. And then just to make sure, Gideon said, Please let me test you once more. If the fleece is dry and the ground is wet, then I will know. And it was so. So now Jonathan is putting out a fleece, as it were, by saying that if the Philistines say, stay there, then we won't go up to them. But if they say, come up here, then we'll know that God will deliver them into our hand. And by them saying that, it would show that the Philistines really were overconfident and lazy, making them come up to them. And that would be the sign to Jonathan that God would deliver them into their hands. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they've hidden. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, Come up to us and we'll show you something. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees with his armor bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan. And as he came after him, his armor bearer killed them. That first slaughter, which Jonathan and his armor bearer made, was about 20 men within about half an acre of land. The Philistines immediately revealed their cockiness. Look, the Hebrews are coming out of their holes where they've hidden. Come up to us and we'll show you a thing or two. Little did they know that by saying these words, it was the sign that they were dead meat. The Bible says that pride comes before a fall. So Jonathan and his armor bearer climbed up to the garrison on their hands and knees. Jonathan struck the Philistines first, and his armor bearer followed him, putting them to death. And together they killed 20 men. And there was trembling in the camp, in the field, and among all the people. The garrison and the raiders also trembled, and the earth quaked so that it was a very great trembling. So while Jonathan and his armor-bearer were striking bodies, God was striking the hearts of the Philistines with fear. They trembled, and even the earth trembled. They panicked and were thrown into confusion, and it was obvious to them that God was fighting for Israel. Now the watchmen of Saul and Gibeah of Benjamin looked, and there was the multitude melting away, and they went here and there. Then Saul said to the people who were with him, now call the roll and see who has gone from us. And when they'd called the roll, surprisingly, Jonathan and his armor bearer were not there. And Saul said to Ahijah, bring the ark of God here. For at that time, the ark of God was with the children of Israel. Now it happened while Saul talked to the priest, that the noise, which was in the camp of the Philistines continued to increase. So Saul said to the priest, withdraw your hand. Now, Keep in mind that Saul only had 600 men pitted against the Philistines who were as innumerable as the sand on the seashore. So he had sent for the Ark of the Covenant thinking that this would help him against this great horde. But earlier, Eli's sons had done the same thing and the Ark was captured by the Philistines. It didn't work out so well for them. Saul inquired of Ahijah the priest, But before the priest could give him an answer, Saul said, withdraw your hand. He didn't have the patience to wait for God's answer when he heard the commotion in the Philistine camp. He also probably resented the fact that Jonathan struck the Philistines on his own. This would now be the second victory to Jonathan's credit. And rather than celebrating his son's accomplishments, Saul was becoming jealous. He didn't want to share the glory with Jonathan. As time went by, Saul would become increasingly jealous and mentally unstable. Then Saul and all the people who were with him assembled and they went to the battle and indeed every man's sword was against his neighbor and there was a very great confusion. The Philistines attacked each other. Moreover, the Hebrews who were with the Philistines before that time who went up with them into the camp from the surrounding country, they also joined the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan, likewise all the men of Israel who had hidden in the mountains of Ephraim. When they heard that the Philistines fled, they also followed hard after them in the battle. So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle shifted to Beth-Avon. Many Hebrews had gone AWOL when they saw how severely outnumbered Israel was. But now that the odds were shifting in their favor, they came back to join Saul's army. But you've got to wonder, what was the quality of these fair-weather soldiers? The Lord saved Israel that day, but it was due in large part to the faith and courage of Jonathan and his armor-bearer in their venture of faith. The adage is true. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. What ventures of faith would God have us take? How would He have us risk for success? What great things can we attempt for God based on the revelation of His Word and based upon reliance on His power? Nothing restrains the Lord from delivering by many or by few. But we are often restrained by our own lack of faith.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the the through-the-Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Next week, we'll see where King Saul makes a foolish oath And he nearly takes the life of his son Jonathan to save face. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Samuel on Simply the Bible.